Being inclusive is key when your product is used by more than 70 million people across three countries, which is the case of Dr. Lieb. True inclusivity often starts by making sure that everyone feels welcome and heard in your company. How can we foster true inclusivity in the workplace? We've asked Deborah Balde, Talent Acquisition Enablement and Diversity, Equity and Inclusion Manager at Dr. Lib, to share her vision and her projects on the topic. So we are glad to have you here today to talk about inclusivity. Could you please introduce yourself in a few words? Thank you for having me. Um, so my name is Deborah Balde. I lead the Talent Acquisition Enablement and DEI team here at Dr. Lib since um, just over a year now. And uh, my role consists basically in uh, optimizing the performance of the recruitment team through different programs and strategies, as well as ensuring that uh, at the end of the day, they reach their hiring goals and diversity goals at the same time. Um, I grew up in Belgium. I'm originally uh, from, well, I grew up in Brussels. I'm half Belgian, half Guinean. Uh, and I have lived in different countries ever since I finished my studies. I lived in Madrid, in uh, Shanghai, in London, and since two years now in Paris. All right. Quite the traveler. <laughs> and uh, so what is your uh, view on inclusivity? And uh, can you talk a bit about your, the projects you're leading at Dr. Lib? Sure. Um, to me, inclusion is really key, and that's where everything starts. It should come before diversity, no matter what. Um, and it actually goes in line with what my previous chief people officer at WeWork had when it comes down to his vision around diversity and inclusion. He actually talked about IND versus DNI, because to him, there's no point in bringing in more diversity if you don't have the well. Um, the right uh, inclusive environment and setting to welcome diverse talent pools. And I quite agreed with his approach. Uh, from a on, a, on the recruitment side of things, um, you can set all sorts of strategies and, and uh, develop uh, all, like a wide variety of tactics to attract people coming from different socioeconomical backgrounds or um, or more female talent pools, for example, on certain jobs. But if you don't have the right setting internally to maintain and retain those people, um, you're doing all that work for nothing. Um, so I think that it's, it comes about really setting up the right setting internally before then uh, seeking for more diversity. But also to me, inclusion means that we set a setting for people to be their true authentic self uh, to be able to um, be themselves on a daily basis, but also to share their opinion, to voice uh, their ideas in a safe space, uh, right, while also being accepting of others' um, uh, diverse uh, standpoints or ideas or, or, or backgrounds. Um, so it's about also coming into that safe space where there's open-mindedness and um, and the ability to, to be authentic and, uh, and truly reflect who you are. Um, I would maybe add, when it comes down again to inclusion, when I look at certain jobs, for example, as a candidate myself, yeah. um, besides, of course, the, the business plan, the business model uh, of, of the company and the product itself, I would, uh, as a first reflex, I would look at the, the leadership 
um, and my future team's composition, just mm -hmm. to, to check uh, where they come from, what they've done before, um, if certain people also look like me, uh, if I can also see myself in that team. Um, and I think it's really important as well that the company that I join is um, very authentic uh, when it comes down to where they stand on that front, right? So I think a lot of large companies, um, especially in the tech world, are very uh, outspoken or do have um, all these DEI uh, nice uh, company landing pages or, or blurbs or philosophies, which is great. But this is also now more given than the uh, a differentiator, let's say. So it's more so about recognizing where you may have certain gaps and how you're working towards filling those gaps in the future. So it's fine not to be perfect, um, but uh, but I want more than just a, a nice blurb on a on the company's career website. I, I actually want people to be vulnerable and to to tell me during the process or whether they want to publicly disclose it on their careers page, um, what they're doing to, to, to improve the diversity uh, and inclusion uh, um, uh, element in their, in their company. Right. Yeah, that's super important to be honest uh, about that and not having just a front of uh, here are the actions that we're doing, we're great. Yeah. We all know that there's many layers to that and there's always a way to improve inclusion and diversity. Can you walk me through maybe one of the projects you did uh, at DocsWeb on inclusion? Sure, sure. Um, so we have, uh, well, we actually launched uh, an initiative uh, yesterday. Wow. Uh, <laughs> so we, as, as you may know, one of the five action points of our DEI strategy since last year is to focus on workers with uh, disabilities. Uh, which is a theme that for us as a recruitment team is still quite blurry and we needed to ensure that we had the right uh, training and awareness and knowledge before starting to build any type of process or talent attraction strategy to attract these kind of profiles. So together with the French leadership team back in November last year, we attended a training, an all-day training with uh, an external uh, expert on that topic to understand what were obviously the legal implication when it comes down to discrimination, etc., but also just trying to better understand the world uh, or their world uh, when it comes down to candidates with disabilities because we, we may not fully understand, I mean, we fully not understand uh, what uh, it's like to be a candidate with a disability. And, um, and I think putting ourselves a little bit more in their shoes and really understand that at the end of the day, they're obviously regular candidates just like any, anyone else and that it, the most important part is to focus on competencies and skill set, uh, which is one of the main messages that we took away from the training. Um, was uh, was really good to, to take away, but of course, besides that, we we got more um, more training on um, and knowledge on on the legal aspects of things, and then we took that away and uh, put together a little task force within our team, uh, who also work with other stakeholders within the people team to build a workflow around how can we then um, um, best accommodate to candidates' needs when it comes down to um, any adjustment they might need throughout the process and on the job as well. So as a result of that, we organized a training for the entire recruitment organization, which is about 80 plus people right now, mm -hmm. yesterday. 
Uh, we're still waiting on the feedback, but it's it's little steps. Um, but this these are this is an example of some of the projects that I look after. So it's not just training; it's also from a process perspective. We adapt our systems, our tools, our processes to ensure that our hiring processes are inclusive and welcoming to any type of candidate, whether they come with a disability, they come from a different socioeconomical background, a different country, et cetera, et cetera. Super interesting. I, I like what you, you pointed out. It's not just about, it's about listening, about empathy, but there's also a concrete, uh, concrete processes to build to make sure that um, that it becomes a reality, that uh, the project goes forward. And it's, it's a multifaceted topic, it's super interesting. So how did you become passionate about that topic? How did uh, inclusivity became the center of uh, your job today? Sure. Maybe I'll start off with something personal and then okay. I'll jump on to uh, my current role. But um, So I'm, I'm, I'm mixed race, I grew up in, in Belgium. Uh, and I was part of the, one of the first generations probably who attended a Flemish school in Brussels. So um, I was the only mixed race kid um, there and, uh, and I was quite early on made aware of uh, how different I was, physically speaking, from um, other kids. I had a very happy childhood though and, and yeah. very good friends. But of course, as, as children, you, you, you come across these, uh, these things and um, I think because of that, I tended to be naturally um, attracted to and and feel like I should defend the outcasts uh, uh, in the sense that those who basically look usually look different and and don't follow the norms that you would see also on media and yeah. and, and at school in real life, etc. Um, so that's that's more from a personal standpoint. Now um, I think I fell into recruitment a little bit by chance uh, as I joined Apple on a first on a six month contract and then I ended up staying much longer in London and, uh, and, and in recruitment as a whole. But I think what attracted me and what kept me in that field was the fact that I could really um, defend and uh, change the mindset uh, of some hiring managers or interviewers who are used to recruit and select the same type of profiles over and over again. And my biggest wins to me and the ones that I'm the proudest of were those hires that I managed to make despite the original no from the hiring manager and who later on, which is even better, proved them wrong by being one of the top performers and built, them, built up amazing careers for themselves and, and proved the world wrong basically. Um, so these were uh, probably some of my proudest moments throughout my career as a recruiter. And when it comes down to Doctolib, I originally came here as a talent acquisition program manager, um, which was a completely new role, super cool, because you get to be creative and work on different stuff. Initially, my role was more focused on training for hiring managers and for uh, recruiters, but also on adjusting and, and optimizing recruitment processes and tools wherever I could. And uh, as one of my biggest projects when I joined was uh, the creation of a hiring management program. So a, a learning program for hiring managers um, for about 700 basically managers at Doctolib. And uh, as part of that program, I thought uh, after speaking with the different recruiters who seemed to be saying that they were still 
strong unconscious biases amongst the team, amongst ourselves, even as TA. I, I noticed a few things when I joined. Um, and it's totally unconscious. We, we all have that. Uh, I do have unconscious bias too. But it seemed like the, the, the awareness of it wasn't as strong back then. So I decided to create an entire module dedicated to that. But that could also, and I hope it is today, uh, be tangible. For managers to understand, okay, I understand now I have unconscious biases, now what can I do to try to reduce them as much as possible in the context of hiring? Um, and so as I built this program at the same time, Bettina, so our social impact lead, uh, uh, joined uh, Dr. Lip. And uh, as she had a lot on her plate, um, yes. she, she needed some support uh, from, uh, from different people and, and, and create, started creating different task forces. And so naturally, I came into the conversation and together with my, my manager, Natasha, uh, we, we started being part of that diversity task force with her. And then that's how I uh, ended up well, really absorbing that DEI hiring aspect into my, my current scope. Uh, and that's, that's where I am today. Amazing. <laughs> it's cool. It built up kind of organically with the opportunities that aro arose at the time, but also uh, we can really sense that the fact also that you are in recruitment was super important because it's, um, it's a strategic uh, place to change things mm -hmm. in, in the organization. So it's amazing that you took that and you saw that, okay, I can, I can change things there. Uh, with with training, with awareness, this, it starts there. It's yeah. uh, super interesting. Uh, now, uh, I'd like to know what advice would you give a company to improve their their inclusivity approach or their uh, inclusion and diversity approach? Um, I think to me, it it should all sorts start internally, okay. and ideally, it should actually come from the top, from yeah. the leadership team. Um, a bit going back to what I said at the beginning, right? There's only so much you can do on the diversity front if you don't have an inclusive environment, but also there's all, only so many initiatives you can push, but if your leadership team doesn't have your back and is not there to help you spread the word and, and sort of evangelize the rest of the, their team and the audience that you're targeting, um, it's, it's not gonna be as powerful, I feel. Um, so I think it should start there with the top leadership team being um, involved in those topics or at least acting as sponsors and, and helping you spreading out some messages when needed. We're also making key decisions. You know, we're, we're talking about sometimes I had, I had to create a, or work on uh, setting some very specific diversity goals, um, which is very hard to set because, of course, these are all related to personal traits, which we cannot always uh, track, especially in, in Europe. And, um, right. and yeah. Yeah. yeah, and even on that front, um, I, I did feel like sometimes I was pushing for certain um, initiatives or, or this specific goal when um, perhaps the leadership team may have had something else in mind. So I think we're definitely in a much better place today compared to last year. But yeah, having the top leadership sponsorship is definitely key there um, and and of course when it comes from them and it's authentic and it's really about an important an important cause for them um, I think this is even more powerful 
uh, versus us dragging them almost <laughs> to get things done on the diversity front. Um, on a second note, I would say having a united people team that works hand in hand with the leadership team is important because again, as a TA team, we can of course uh, drive more diversity, but on the inclusion front, I think the if we take the this current setting in the at Doctorate, we have the people development team that yeah. works more on internal mobility strategies together at the same time with HR business partners who are there to also um, work on retention strategies as naturally, of course, we have attrition throughout uh, the year. So these are things that we need to work on together uh, whenever we have certain diversity goals to, to, to achieve um, so that we, we, we just, yeah, we're in sync when it comes down to, uh, for example, bringing more women on certain jobs and we ensure then on the back end that we retain those women, that we have programs, etc. Uh, in place, and as an example, for example, um, um, Bettina, in partnership with People Dev, has uh, launched this mentorship program for women in leadership roles, and to increase that as well. So this is the kind of uh, initiatives that is good to uh, to co-build together, or at least to have in mind, so that we know as TA that as we bring more women in leadership roles, there's also a program behind yeah. that is there to also support them on that on that le leadership journey. Um, so I would say that uh, as the second part, and also I learned myself that as it is hard to track certain data, yeah. you cannot approach DEI strategy as you would when it comes down to recruitment strategy. Um, setting up KPIs for recruitment is it's quite tangible, right? You need to hire 10 people by the end of the month. Yeah. You've reached your goal, you haven't. When it comes down to diversity, I cannot just say we need to hire X amount of women or X amount of this type of profile by that deadline. Because at the end of the day, we are hiring people for their skill set and their competencies and if they're right, the right fit for the job. But at the same time, you also want to avoid that people or hiring managers and, and us as a company, even us as TA, uh, always go back to the same profiles. Yeah. Uh, I'll give you just an example, and this doesn't reflect doctor specifically, but for strategic roles, um, instead of consistently going to the same uh, business schools, how about we target people who may not even have graduated, but have proven themselves through their experience um, and do have the skill set to do the job that you are advertising. So. This is not necessarily measurable or easily measurable. This is something that we can push more towards uh, by putting in place inclusive uh, hiring processes and ensuring that we have a purely competency-based uh, assessment approach, uh, which we do as Octave already, um, and, and we, we definitely strive for. Uh, but at the same time, it's important and even more important in DI, I think, to be on the ground to be hands-on, to listen to people, to listen to minorities. Where do we feel that we're missing out right now? Where do you feel like we're not inclusive enough for them, uh, where they cannot be their authentic self? Uh, listen to candidates as well. We've put in place a tool called START that now enables us to collect candidate feedback, and we do have a specific question in that questionnaire dedicated to how their perception is of us as a diversity and, and inclusive company. And all these, these answers are obviously golden for us, and that's kind of data as well for us. 
uh, but from a purely impact and, and, and measurement perspective, um, it's important to just listen to your audience and, and be on the ground as much as possible, which I try to do uh, as much as possible. And I, I do have now a slightly bigger